Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer, author, and software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Interested in constant learning and relentlessly pursuing knowledge, the Enneagram Type 5 or the investigator seeks to understand. They want to understand life and every part of it. Always searching and asking questions, the five loves deep dives and feels a strong need to test the truth themselves. In this episode, we take a deep dive into the Enneagram Type 5. Ah, just like a Type 5. We'll look at what motivates them, how they respond to situations, and how to interact with them, whether you are coworkers, friends, or romantic. But before we get started, Will, what have you been deep diving into this week? Uh, Enneagram Type 5. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it takes a while to write one of these. Yeah, like, I mean, normally an episode is, what, two or three hours, maybe four if it's dense. And yeah. this one was more like eight. <laughs> yep. I also discovered I, that my setup, like if I decide to sit upstairs in my bed and work on my laptop, which I do sometimes to keep from getting distracted, it is not ergonomically good for long writing sessions like that. Um, I've got some pretty bad pain in my left hand. So that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, I um, having written the first three of these episodes, I uh, I completely understand. Doesn't take me quite as long, but I also have like a year of studying the Enneagram under my belt at this point. So, so that's me. Uh, what's going on with you? So it's the end of the semester. Uh, obviously, by the time this comes out, it'll be like right in the summer semester. But uh, yeah, it's the end of the semester. I'm wrapping up projects and assignments in school. Church small groups are coming to an end. Actually, I am missing the final group for uh, this semester for the entrepreneurs group I'm in to record this because we pushed it back to Thursday. So met with my advisor to sign up for classes for next semester. And so I showed him my Raspberry Pi cluster that I have here that I'm uh, building for my project for the class I'm in now. And uh, that was kind of cool. We get, we uh, geeked out about IoT and Raspberry Pis for a bit. He was uh, telling me about Adafruit's answer to the Pi Zero. I think they're calling it the Feather Plus or something. Um, that was kind of neat. Finally, getting to go to a concert next weekend. We're going to see Skillet at a drive-in in, uh, of all places, Sparta, Tennessee. Looking forward to it. Uh, I bought a Fight the Fury t-shirt to wear. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, that is uh, John Cooper's other band. For those of you still who don't know what I'm talking about, John Cooper is the bass player and lead singer of Skillet. Thanks for clearing <laughs> that up. Yeah, yeah. I, I could tell by the look on Will's face. I'm like, all right, I need to go a little bit further on that. So, yeah. And uh, y'all probably know this. Will definitely does. I have a tendency at the end of the semester when things get like really, really rolling and I'm like, all right, I got all this stuff to do. I just like... I have to put everything on like on hold and not take on any anything and be like, all right, I'll get to this 
after finals. But what ends up happening is I don't keep track of that. So I tend to overcommit during this time. And so to avoid that this year, I have made a list of five things uh, to take on over the summer. At the point that I wrote this, I had a couple of things on there. I've actually completed that list. So, yeah, one of them, of course, is doing some stuff for the podcast. Uh, one of them is I have a stack of books that I've bought uh, over the last few months that I haven't had a chance to read. So I'm going to go through those. So one of them is cleaning out my garage. That'll be fun. Oh, boy. <laughs> Spider time. Yeah, yeah. So... And then the the others uh, two are uh, things I'm going to do for church. So it'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, I just got a new fire stick for my TV, and I am probably not even going to touch that thing this summer. Though I I did set it up the other night. It is nice because it has a power button and volume buttons on it, whereas the older ones didn't. So I can actually turn the TV on and off and adjust the volume with the remote for the fire stick instead of having to get like the TV remote and have multiple remotes. So I like that. Nice. Gave Amanda my old one for her bedroom TV. So she didn't have to move hers from the living room to the bedroom back and forth and annoy her uh, roommate who might want to watch a movie when Amanda wants to go to bed. Yeah. So now that now she can then have to worry about that. So that's cool. Want to do a deep dive into your finances and make them better. Lucas Casares is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at CDP, he focuses on helping you not only establish a real plan for your future, but also to take action so that you can live your best life and achieve that plan. Guys, investing in financial planning services, well, it really comes down to whether or not you can improve your finances. And Lucas and Level Up is here to help you do that. The compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. Level Up also has a unique pricing model that will help you no matter where you are in your financial journey. Yeah, and you guys can find some fun free resources and learn a lot more at levelupfinancialplanning.com. The Enneagram of Personality, or just the Enneagram, is a representation of personalities using a geometric figure, also helpfully called an Enneagram, uh, but with a little e, to express nine interconnected personality types. While each type is unique, it is related to other types through the circle connecting the type to each of its wings, and the lines are arrows in the center connecting the type to the ones it imitates in times of stress or growth. The Enneagram is used in business management training to better understand interpersonal dynamics in the workplace. Yeah, we say that almost every episode. Actually, we've said that every episode because we kind of use that. It's a good intro to it. Because I copied and pasted this time too. Yeah, that's what I've been doing because it's a it's a really good, just quick overview. So we wrapped up the heart triad in our last episode last month. And so now we're going to start with the head triad, and that includes types five, six, and seven. This triad is primarily motivated by their thoughts. Those in the head triad tend to filter life through an intellectual lens. Because of that, they tend to be motivated by a need for security uh, and tend to feel stressed or anxious when that need is not met. 
they're often accused of overthinking things or living in their heads. Of these three types, the fives tend to see themselves as separate from their environment. The world around them is something to be watched and observed. At their best, fives are insightful and curious. They're able to focus on complex ideas and contemplate them deeply. They're able to achieve mastery of complex skills through focused work. They're also innovative and can often be visionary pioneers in their particular fields of specialty, being ahead of their time and seeing the world in new ways. And at their worst, fives become preoccupied with their own thoughts. They can become high-strung and intense while being attached to imaginary constructs in their own minds. They tend to be isolated, nihilistic, and rather eccentric when they are really unhealthy. In this episode, we'll be looking at the fives who can think too much and focus on their own thoughts to the detriment of their own outer life. As with the previous episodes, we'll take a balanced approach, diving into both the positive and negative traits of the investigator. We'll start with a discussion of the main characteristics of the five, then look at the related types through wings and arrows. Finally, we'll close out the discussion with interactions with fives at work, in friendships, and in relationships. Yeah, and uh, really neat, in the aftercast, we, we actually are going to have a five talking to us. So check that out on Patreon. So, jumping into main characteristics. The Enneagram Type 5 is the investigator. And fives are called the investigator because they tend to focus well on complex ideas and skills, becoming preoccupied with their thoughts and mental constructs. And the investigator's drive to learn stems from a desire to observe life kind of uh, at a distance, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, They enjoy watching from the sidelines, both because it gives them a larger view of things and because it creates less risk. Yeah. So they're those, the heady people that the wallflowers, you know, not the band, but you know, the perks of being a wallflower. I have that book around here somewhere, but uh, yeah, they're, they're the wallflowers, the ones who kind of like to stand in the back and just watch everything and observe and see how people interact and under, like try to understand that. For them, collecting knowledge is everything. Knowledge provides them with a sense of control and sort of a defense against feelings of inadequacy. So like they have this like innate feeling of I'm not good enough. And so to combat that, they gather as much knowledge as they can. Right, because if you know enough, you don't get caught not knowing enough, Mm -hmm. essentially. Investigators also collect knowledge because they don't want to appear foolish or uninformed. You know, it's kind of like what we're saying, that feeling of inadequacy, but they also have a strong fear of being humiliated for not knowing the right answer. You know, they don't want to feel inept or incapable, uh, and a lack of knowledge will precipitate that. I have a, a good friend who is a five. And this makes absolute sense because she is very knowledgeable, especially around like photography and art. But if you get her on a subject she doesn't know much about, she'll kind of clam up and step back and just let other people do the talking. (laughs) That sounds reasonable to me. I kind (laughs) of do that too. The other thing with fives is that they are masters of compartmentalization. 
they tend to believe that their inner resources are limited and thus they try to separate different parts of their life so that they can apportion resources appropriately. And the neat thing is when you do this, life tends to intervene kind of in a uh, relatively drastic way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what is it? Uh, the the saying, I think it's from a song. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. I think it's a Beatles song, isn't it? I have to look that up now. Uh, there's a, I, I know there's a Simon and Garfunkel si- song about, you know, no man being an island, but I can't remember what the name of it is. Fives are also the most emotionally detached. While like anybody else, they have emotions. They keep them on a really tight rein to avoid the unpredictable potential that those emotions would have. They require time to process emotions in private, which can make them appear cold and distant to other people in their social circle. I was close. It was John Lennon from uh, Beautiful Boy, the song he wrote about his uh, son when he was born. So, huh. Yeah, that, that is very true. If you've ever known a five, this is like one of their defining characteristics is their ability to be like emotionally detached and stuff. The friend I was talking about, I remember when I first met her, me being a two, I'm very like expressive emotionally (laughs) and i understand people's emotions and stuff and like we were we were talking one day and she was like yeah i have trouble expressing things and like really appreciate you like people like you who can and i like understanding the five now like i get that it was she appreciates people who can because she can observe and learn from them Right. That that aspect of the five, it's like, okay, I can get better at at showing emotion by learning and observing from people who are good at that. Well, and the other thing too is you're making yourself very observable when you do that. So like she could look at you and go, I know what's going on. Sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's Yeah. You're not a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Fives tend to think of themselves as rational thinkers and consider others to be irrational. While this can result in getting some amazing work done uh, due to their ability to just completely turn off emotions at critical points, it can also create difficulties when working with more emotionally centered people or living with them. Potentially (laughs) I've watched that in a few places in our social circle. And it's uh, it's rather profound when you have like a two married to a five, for instance. Well, that is that is weird because twos and fives are like double opposites. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of of a couple of cases I know that I'm I suspect this. Obviously, you can't, uh, you know, I don't have diagnostic criteria or anything. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like when you put a two and a five together, that's that's so funny because they can be really good together because the five can influence the two to like kind of help calm them and like bring some stability to their emotional. Well, they're like, they're like buddy cops, you know, like in any sitcom yeah. where there's like two cops, they will be the, like the one that's really like emotional and, you know, driven that way. And then there's the one that's all rational and, and not. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it, it's, know, the it's interplay an, is interesting. It's an absolute odd couple. Yeah, for sure. As children, fives are imaginative, curious, and very comfortable with being alone. Fives tend to be heavily represented in computer-related disciplines, 
as well as in groups of people who collect various things. Um, I used to collect coins and now I realize, you know, like growing up when I was probably up to when I was about 15, I, you know, I had a coin collection. I still do, but a lot of the people that I interacted with were fives, like very clearly. I never saw any emotion out of them at all. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, I looked into like, I think stamp collecting because I like went somewhere and got some like unique stamps. I was like, this would be cool. Like this would be a neat thing to to get into because it's kind of cool the learning the history behind them and stuff. And then I got like got a little involved with it. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, not the- because of the collecting or anything like that, but just because I'm like, it really wasn't my crowd. Yeah, my my great uncle had a stamp collection and a coin collection, and I remember well the first time I actually met him was at his house because my grandparents went there. And at some point we both got tired of all the noise and we went downstairs and started inventorying the coin collection. Cause I fit right in there. And so like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I've got like the magnifying glass and I'm like looking at the grading guide, figuring out like what, you know, what grade that coin is and, you know, marking it down in a little book and all my grandmother came down looking for me. It's like, is he bothering you? He goes, Oh, he's helping. And just went right back to what he was doing. Like that, <laughs> you know, like he, he didn't, he didn't give her any more information that she asked for. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is that is a very much a five. I can tell sometimes I I annoy my five friend because of my verbosity. Uh, yeah, sometimes I do it on purpose because she needs to be annoyed. But, you know, sometimes I'm not meaning to be and I can just see it on her face. And I'm like, I'm annoying you. I'm going to stop <laughs> in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> like five minutes. <laughs> what's what's great is like you know amanda's good friends with her too and so when she comes up and starts talking it's like these two extremely extroverted outgoing people are just like you know it's it's fun <laughs> fives i guess what i'm getting at is fives tend to be quiet and very self-contained to them taking care of themselves and being self-reliant is like one of their highest priorities they're very uncomfortable if they can't take care of themselves. They have a lot of trouble with like releasing responsibility and like allowing other people to help them because they want to be independent. They tend to look inward for answers and often have information that they don't share with others. Uh, this can be a good thing. Actually, I made a joke today with, with Amanda or we we're on the phone at lunchtime and, uh, yeah. She was like, you're bad at keeping secrets. I'm like, I'm not if you tell me it's a secret. I'm not a five, though. (laughs) A five, you have to tell them to tell other people. Yeah. A two, you have to tell them not to tell other people. Yeah, that was one of the things that was really interesting writing this is because I was was looking at the initial stuff that they were saying in the book. And I was like, I don't know if I get this personality type. But now I'm like, yeah, these are the kind of people I like to hang around. (laughs) Because I hate when people leak information. Like it drives me nuts when they just tell something that isn't their business to somebody because we've got a few in the family that are really, really bad about that. You know, I got a cousin we referred to as the mouth of the South because she just always, every little detail of your life was all over town if she found out about any of it. Yeah, I, um, it, you know, you, you learn how to interact with people like that. I have a friend whose grandmother, I think, was like that growing up. 
And so if you wanted something to get out, you said it as you were walking past her and then everybody knew. And as someone who has like issues with pride and like bragging, yeah, I used that a lot growing up. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, you'd have fit right in in a small town. Because <laughs> there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Fives also tend to do well in school, but they kind of end up with mixed feelings about it. Uh, this was the actually the part where I started going, yeah, I can kind of, like, I feel a lot, you know, like a lot of these feels I have. They tend to be self-directed and they can keep good grades, but the social demands of school are harder for them to handle well. Because, you know, they don't get the whole, like, emotional mess, especially like you know, junior high to high school time frame. It's, it's very awkward for them. They also tend to not be really good about sharing their feelings. And this kind of creates a bit of social distance in, in the original, like before last year since, and it can make it difficult for other kids to understand them. Yeah. They, they tend to struggle. Uh, again, they're the wallflower at the, the junior high, high school dances though. They tend, the thing I've noticed about fives is while they struggle in like junior high and high school, when there's a lot of high emotionality, they tend to do better uh, when they get to college because they can be a bit more self-directed. They, they have a little bit more control over their social circle as well. Yeah. And I think it also kind of forces them to adapt a little bit. And the other people that are around them are less emotionally messed up a lot of times than they were in junior high. They also have a lot of fear as children, which causes them to act in ways that make them seem more serious than they really are. They often have to be invited to act playfully before they're actually willing to do so. And even then, they kind of feel awkward about it. Yeah, I can I can see that. The thing about that is they don't want to be awkward. Like they wish they could be more open with their feelings, especially with those who are close to them. But that that inner fear and vulnerability makes this difficult. And and that's the thing. That's the thing with uh, with my friend is like when we were first becoming friends and stuff and and talking at church, it was, you know, she was like, I appreciate how you're just open about your feelings and stuff. And like, she's like, I struggle with that. And, you know, that's. What is it, you know, admitting you have a problem? <laughs> I mean, you know, admitting that, hey, I, this is an area I need to work on is, is really important. Yeah, they also tend to kind of get a, a bit of a message from society that they're not really capable of meeting the demands of life and relationships. And they tend to disconnect as a result because they feel like they're inadequate. So it, this kind of goes back to the whole knowledge hoarding thing. Like that's a coping strategy for this feeling. Yeah. I, I totally see that. You know, it it makes sense if you really think about it, how at some point growing up, they got that message that, hey, you're you're not good enough. You're not going to be able to deal with life. You're not going to be able to deal with relationships. So their their response was, OK, I'm going to prove like internally prove I can by being very independent. Yeah. But uh, so speaking of their desires and fears, let's talk about that. The basic desire of a five is to be capable and competent for whatever life throws their way. You know, they're motivated to learn more 
to help prepare them for competence in dealing with new situations that might arise. They want to gain this knowledge so that they're ready and able. They're like, they want to be prepared. Yeah, it's the the mental Boy Scout mindset. You know, they're always prepared for even things that are kind of outlandish that are not going to happen. What's interesting is you, when we talk about the sixes next month, they are like very prepared. Um, Amanda's roommate is a six and she is. It's it's funny because that's one of the things that I'm I like being prepared for stuff. And so like I, I connect with sixes on that. But like she is like it, it's funny because like Amanda will say something. She's like, oh, yeah, I've got this list of stuff here. What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> and so like their response to that is to like the sixes response is to have the stuff. The fives response is to prepare mentally. And the sevens response is, oh, that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Okay. Well, we'll just flow with it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that in the next couple of months, but it's, it's interesting to look at the differences within the triad. Getting back to the five, while they may seem distant and I guess overly focused on their acquisition of knowledge, they do actually have emotions. Yeah, they play their cards close to their vest, though, because they recognize that those emotions can cause them problems and it kind of makes them feel like they're not competent and they're irrational, which is how they view a lot of other people, which is not far off, to be honest. But like I said, I, I became very, very sympathetic because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, you know, I should have made you uh, should have made you do the two so you would understand me better. Be sympathetic. Uh, that wouldn't have happened. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I would have just made fun of you more. I would have better jargon to use, though. Yeah. The investigator's fear is, you know, the idea of being useless, helpless, or incapable of acting. Fives tend to feel that they don't have the ability to do things as well as others, and they tend to kind of retreat into their own minds where they try to work through things before re-engaging with the world. Yeah, I have actually seen this in a few different friends of mine who are fives. Like I have the one who I, I hang out with at church um, who like immediately comes to mind when I think of a five, but I know a few others like at church and other places, but it's just like, yeah, I have seen them do this where it's like something comes up, they something they need to deal with. And you know, the, the healthier ones I know will be like, give me a moment to, to think about it or something like that. They don't like quick decisions. Right. They value their knowledge a lot, both as it helps them relate well to the world around them and because it makes the relationship safer and easier to control. They also tend to resent being sucked into other people's emotional drama. Yeah. If you want to see a five get mad, make your emotions their problem. That does not end well. Fives also and this this is going to kind of sound a little bit loaded, but they tend to be stingy and hold on too tightly to what they have, whether it's material possessions, time, space, attention. Yeah, basically they resource guard. And this kind of comes out of a, a feeling of scarcity. So now that we've kind of described the five to you, let's talk about a few examples because we've talked about some of the positive and some of the negative. So we're going to talk about healthy, average, and unhealthy fives. 
healthy fives will play the long game and exhibit a healthy balance of participation and observation. This allows them to engage with others from a position of healthy neutrality, making it easier for them to share the depths of their knowledge with other people in a way that promotes the ecosystem of the people around them. You know, they know they're not an island. And it's, it's fun if you do as a two, it's fun to know some healthy fives because you learn to read them and you can see like, you know, the leader of the small group that I'm missing tonight, he's a five as well. And like, I'll see him at church and sometimes I just know, all right, I'm going to not go up and talk to him. And other times I see him, I'm like, I'm going to go up and talk to him. Yeah. Cause you can kind of tell the difference in their, the way they're observing the room and like what yeah. phase they're in. And he and his wife host a lot of small groups at their, their house, uh, like for people who live in apartments and stuff who want to run one, but like who want to lead it, but don't have a place for it. So, uh, I'm over at their house a lot. <laughs> And like, I'll walk in and like Monday night group, it is literally just a bunch of us loud people of the leader of the group. It, it was originally our Enneagram group, but the leader of the group's a seven and she just like, it's a hangout group. And so he doesn't come to that every now and then I'll see him sitting in like their, their dining room area working on stuff. Cause you know, he, he works from home. And so like, you can tell. Like I walk in the house and I look over and I can see, nope, just going to keep on walking. Other times I look over and like, I'm like, I turn and he's observant. So he just knows. So he starts talking to me, you know? Yeah. So it's, it is, it is really cool knowing some healthy fives because again, they observe things. So you can get some like really neat insights from them too. Yeah. And it's, and it's little stuff that you didn't, catch you know like stuff like hey when they said this this other person's eyes got slightly wider and then they caught themselves not not all fives are that detail oriented yeah but the ones i know are yeah i was like (laughs) i know i know some who are not that detail oriented but their observations are are different and it's i don't know i do know some who are that detail oriented so that's a healthy five average fives they have a bit of a scarcity mindset, uh, which causes them to hoard resources. Uh, they tend to step back from the world to observe more often than not. They substitute thinking for feeling, tending to rely on themselves rather than trusting others. They struggle with anything that makes them feel incompetent, incapable, or unprepared. Yeah, and you'll probably run into quite a few of those in, well, just in programming in general. Um, sys admins are also really good for this. You know, like, oh, they're not going to tell you how to get to that server because they're the one that knows. You know, you'll see it where they won't maybe document things as well. Like, those are kind of the behaviors I've seen with with more average uh, to mediocre fives. Which, speaking of which, mediocre fives uh, begin to take an antagonistic stance towards anything that would threaten their personal world or their inner vision. They tend to become more extreme and radical in their viewpoints on purpose eventually becoming a complete recluse. Um, and that's where more of the programmers were back when I started versus yeah, now. I can, I can see that. When you get to the unhealthy investigators, they become obsessed with and absolutely frightened of threatening ideas that they have. Uh, more detached from reality and 
tend to suffer from various phobias. Yeah. Um, I've seen this one once or twice and it hasn't ended well. Um, I'll just, just put it that way. At their worst, fives will seek oblivion, often through suicide, or will have a psychotic break with reality, sometimes both. At this point, their personality may start to kind of resemble that of a schizoid avoidant or schizotypal personality disorder. Yeah, which are no longer things. So yeah. I think those are cluster C. Yeah, they're not cluster B. No, no, no. Thank no. goodness. They're, I think they're cluster C. Yeah, those are harder for me to deal with. It's cluster. I can deal with cluster C. Well, probably cluster A. I don't remember. It's been over a decade since I studied this. So, so the deadly sin of the investigator is avarice, and this is not a word that we hear very often. You know, like if I were to use this with somebody who hasn't just been immersed in the English language their whole life, they're going to be like, "What does that mean?" Uh, Because you you never hear this word. It's often mischaracterized as greed, but in the context of the Enneagram, it refers more to the desire to retain what little they already have versus a desire to get more. Of course, that also gets called greed a lot, unfortunately, Um, but it's really more just like, hey, we're not spending things that we don't necessarily believe we're always going to have. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I, I just looked this up. I was wrong. It is cluster A. That is the odd and eccentric. It's cluster C. Cluster C is the obsessive. Yeah. Okay. Anxious, fearful. Yeah. I mean, I deal okay with those two, but cluster B is right out. <laughs> Just doesn't work for me. Sorry. Yeah. So getting back to uh, to the fives, because of their desire to hoard the things they have, they tend to pare back on their needs in an effort to make sure that they can maintain a self-sufficient existence, uh, both now and in the future. This includes hoarding solitude and privacy because they need both to function well. I have not ever met a an extroverted five. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that's a thing. I mean, I guess it supposedly is. I just can't figure out how it would work. Yeah, that would be, that would be, be extremely strange. They're Desire to seek knowledge, sometimes to excess, also plays into this. Uh, Fives often look to knowledge to provide them with things that other people get through relationships. So, you know, you and I had some friends in college that were trying to figure out certain parts of their life and without getting into too much detail, like they're looking for cheat codes versus like, hey, be a better person. That's kind of that mindset. Yeah. In the end. Avarice will catch up to fives who don't control it. Their greed for privacy will often lead to isolation and their desire to play their cards close to their chest will alienate those who most want to care for them and be around them. Yeah, I can absolutely see this. I can see this being just with the friends that I have being an issue for, you know, having been an issue for them in the past or, you know, something that they do fight. Yeah. Or like, you know, especially in relationships when they're, you know, they're upset over something, you know, something bad's happened and they don't say anything to anybody in their social circle for days. And everybody thinks they're mad at them. And it's like, no, actually, his grandma died. The funeral was yesterday. It's like, well, we could have gone if we'd have known. Yeah, it's awkward. Investigators often end up with poor eating and sleeping habits due to minimizing their needs, neglecting hygiene and nutrition. 
They also are at risk for using psychotropic drugs for mental stimulation and narcotics for anxiety. Uh, This is also something you see in certain parts of tech quite a bit. All right. So now we're getting into the wings and things, or actually just wings and arrows, but it's more fun to say things. So five with a four wing. And this is the friend I, I initially talked about. She's a five wing four. They are known as the iconoclast, independent and eccentric. These fives tend to be more creative than others. She does lead the creative team at church. And when healthy, this creativity combines astoundingly well with the ability to focus deeply on complex topics. No joke. I I have literally seen this with this friend and it, it is actually kind of amazing. Like the tattoos that Amanda and I have were designed by her. Yeah. The iconoclast is not really sure what to do about their feelings, but they usually prefer to process those feelings alone rather than in a group. Yeah. As opposed to like me who wants to talk about it and talk. Yeah. That's why I have a dog. I talk to him. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine this last year has been hard for you. (laughs) Yeah. They are more likely to experience melancholy than the other fives. Remember, a lot of people think of melancholy as sadness. Uh, and I really, really liked when we were talking about the four last month, that quote about melancholy being finding joy in sadness. Yeah. Like they're like you know? the bittersweet. Yeah. Symphony. That's life, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Make ends meet. Make some money. Then you die. Is that what you're... All right. <laughs> Hey, you know what? So long as we're on the same page. I have a coworker who brings up like you guys like, you know, pulled out lyrics out of like Limp Biscuit or something. <laughs> One of the episodes is like, we did? <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, yeah. Of course, every time I, I hear Bittersweet Symphony, I just think of a 1956 Jaguar Roadster driving through Southern California. Is that on actually a music the, video? No, um, it's uh, uh, Cruel Intentions. I don't think it's actually supposed to be Southern California, uh, but I think that's where they were. They filmed okay. it. So, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, if it was in the music video, I, I have no way of relating to that. We didn't have MTV. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, I didn't either. I just, you know, watched it at friends houses, but anyway, uh, getting back to the, the melancholy iconoclast. Uh, the thing about this is it allows them to be more tender with themselves and kind of less closed up emotionally around others. I can actually see that. Yeah, it, I would almost say that if they're if they are an extrovert and they're a five, this is probably the place that's most likely. Yeah, the the mindset. Uh, a healthy five wing four is more able to communicate their feelings with the people close to them than a typical five is. So on the other side, we have the five wing six, or the problem solver. Isn't that a type of beer? Uh, they're more anxious, cautious, and skeptical than other fives. You know, fives with a six wing are also more social and loyal. Yeah, definitely, because there's a lot of loyalty in the the six. Fives with a six wing live in their heads more and are more likely to have problems with authority or to question the status quo. That actually makes sense because the guy I was talking about who leads our group is a five wing six, and like entrepreneur he leads the entrepreneur group i think like different things he's done he's owned a gym like 
a lot of different businesses throughout his life. He's a few years older than us. And it's, it's interesting to talk to him. Uh, he was the one with the, um, that board game. Um, yeah. The cash flow game. Yeah. The Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. He, he's the one with that. And that was a lot of fun, especially like him kind of leading it as like we played. Yeah. That was really cool. They also tend to be more aware of their own fears, which makes them more motivated to build connections to the various groups that they're a part of. So they don't do the whole wallflower thing quite to the same degree. Uh, they'll still do it some, but it's not it's not as pronounced. So you were saying you would think that the the five wing four would be the extrovert. I think the five wing six would be because while they do tend to be in their head more, the the four, like the iconoclast, the four wing, they're like off doing an art project or something on their own. The five wing six is going to be more involved in, in groups. Yeah. Yeah. You may be right on that. I don't know, but definitely not the middle. It's one of the wings. Yeah, for sure. So, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and I can just tell you, I know that. Uh, the thing is they, they find getting to know other people like less, disconcerting than other fives though they do tend to remain uh, skeptical for a while like for example when i first started going to to church out here after i'd moved uh, i got involved on the tech team and uh then like maybe a few months after i'd been here they had like the big they call it the dream team appreciation night but it's basically the the big dinner for volunteers and the guy i'm talking about he was on the tech team back then he came up and invited me to come sit with him i didn't like i didn't know him at the time and i'd already been invited to sit somewhere else but like knowing him now i'm like wow like he didn't he just knew i was on his team he didn't know me or anything I'm like that's impressive yeah and a lot of people won't do that the direction of integration for five in other words as they get more healthy uh points towards the eight so when they move from unhealthy avarice towards self-confidence and when they become more decisive, fives will take on the healthy aspects of the eight or the challenger. Fives moving to eight spend less time in analysis and observation and more time in participation. So this is kind of like um, probably have seen this with really reserved software developers sometimes at conferences. Like they get in their element and they're healthy and you'll see them go around and talk to people and do more stuff that they might not have done otherwise. And they'll start engaging with other people just around them uh, more than they would otherwise. A healthy five is more willing to share what they know with others, knowing that they're making the ecosystem around them stronger rather than resorting to a fear-based hoarding of knowledge. So it's still trying to make their environment safer for them, but they realize that there's other people there and that's how you make it safer uh, at a larger scale. So they're just, they're just kind of approaching this in a uh, smarter way due to a focus on abundance rather than scarcity. A healthy five seeks to apply their knowledge to help the people around them while still balancing their desire to participate with their need to keep accumulating useful knowledge. So they, they basically get a better balance in the way that they approach the world so that they they don't feel like they have to hoard things, but they do feel like they have to step back and observe still. In other words, they're just getting the strength versus the the strength and the quasi-paranoia that makes them hoard things. 
the direction of disintegration for the five points to seven. Now, under stress, the investigator becomes hyperactive and scattered, taking on the unhealthy traits of the seven. Um, and we'll talk more about the, the seven pretty soon, actually. <laughs> uh, Two months. <laughs> yeah. Unhealthy fives will become isolated and unwilling to depend on other people. Their personality becomes fixated around security, privacy, and independence. Yeah, it makes me think of the uh, the lone gunman from X-Files. Yeah. Like the yeah. 15 locks on the door. It's like these guys are brilliant. They could do all kinds of stuff, but they're just... Of course, in that case, the government was actually out to get them, so maybe that's not a good example. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen that show in forever. I haven't seen it since Friday. <laughs> you would. The thing is, their attention to detail is going to kind of take a backseat to a scarcity mindset that prevents them from sharing, and they will begin to express this viewpoint with increasing cynicism and sarcasm. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't know any tech people that are sarcastic. Says there sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll know this when you see it because it's it's pretty common in tech. It's not as bad as it used to be, but this is definitely a psychological thing that happens a lot. So, speaking of psychological things that happen a lot, interactions with other people are important. <laughs> interactions with the investigator, you know, are interesting. Kind of, yeah, they're interesting, especially when you can get them to interact with you. Right, which is always a trick. Fives like to sit back and observe and analyze things. They also tend to be kind of harder to observe and analyze. They they don't like to be looked at while they're looking at people as much. They'll be like, why is it, why is it dude looking at me? What's he doing? Because they notice you. Fives tend to play their cards really close, and they're reluctant about opening up to others. It, it, can, be, it can be very difficult to get a five to really tell you anything about them. And I remember a couple of years ago, we were driving out to Lebanon, Mount Juliet, Mount Juliet to do some filming at a friend's church. And I was in the car with my friend who's a five, her sister and her sister's fiance. They're married now, but he, they were engaged at the time. And yeah, <laughs> I was just trying to make conversation. and. So like I'm asking a bunch of questions and stuff and like my my friend is just sitting back there and she's just like laughing. She's like, you know. Yeah. He's not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so fives rarely initiate social interactions. And this is weird because like the fives I know are like leaders in various aspects at church and so they kind of have to. But you can tell especially if you you're observant, you can tell that it's not something they're comfortable doing. Yeah, or they have a system to tell them to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's rare that they do that. And it usually has a reason beyond just catching up. They don't like to just sit and chat. A lot of people include small details when they talk about their lives. I mean, that's kind of pretty normal for interaction um, because it's a way to get other people to open up. You give a small detail, they give a detail back, hopefully a bigger one. Fives are unlikely to get this, and they're even more unlikely to offer up any more information than they feel you need to know. Yeah. You, you kind of have to actually probe when you're talking to a five and like, uh, 
surprisingly, I have quite a few friends who are five, not just the two that I interact with now, but I'm like thinking back about like throughout my life. But yeah, when you, when you interact with them, you, you kind of have to like lead the conversation, which is interesting because the ones who are healthier and want to interact with people, they tend to like to be around people who will keep the conversation going. Right. Cause it's still a lot of pressure, even if they know they need to do it more. Yeah. People that hang out with fives a lot also tend to kind of wonder if they're ever going to really understand them. Uh, that's a pretty common refrain. It's like the, they just, cause I've, I've talked to developers wives who are just like, I just, I feel like a lot of times I don't understand him. And like, that's the way everybody feels around him. It's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, speaking of developers working with fives in a work environment, the five tends to work in detail oriented, uh, positions due to strong analytic ability and perceptiveness, as well as a willingness to deal with complexity. The five tends to do well, um, autonomously, autonomously. Yeah, whatever. I said it the way I said it. It is what it is. Autonomously. So it's like a nervous system. Okay. Uh, Maybe that's why they're nervous. In addition to valuing their autonomy, they're more likely to isolate and potentially even see other people as a burden. Their ability to detach from other people makes them really good workers, but it can also make them really, really lonely as a result. Yeah. This is interesting because I actually do know a five who is not very detail oriented. She is very analytical and, you know, very thoughtful, but just not in detail. Yeah. It's kind of like they, it's like they do that sort kind of almost does like, uh, it's like they're doing calculus instead of math. It's the like lower math. So they're like, yeah, as this increases, this other thing increases kind of along the same lines, not here's the slope. Yeah. Of course she's a wing four. So I think that's where that that kind of comes from. Whereas my my other friend who's a five is a wing six and he is extremely detail oriented. Yeah, I know quite a few like that. Their ability to detach from people can really stunt their emotional and relationship growth if they're not careful. You know, and they basically have to actually work at, okay, I've got to interact with people. You know, I, I understand I hate the office water cooler chat that doesn't happen anymore because of COVID but I got to engage in some equivalent thereof. Yeah. Um, and that, that's um, a hard thing to learn. Zoom chat teams, like before meeting talks. Yeah, we have those. Uh, had some of those today. In a work conflict with a five, it's best to actually ask them what's going on rather than assuming that, you know, based on like social signals, <laughs> they keep their details to themselves. So you, you probably don't have the full story. Uh, that, that makes sense. So, friendships with fives. I know we kind of hit on this a little bit in the the first point under this uh this topic, but fives are very selective about who they consider to be friends. Uh especially when it comes to sharing details of their lives. It's not because they're secretive or manipulative, it's because they don't see a need to tell people things. Like whereas like by contrast me, I'm like I just tell everybody everything so I don't have to worry about all right, well what is secret and what isn't, you know, unless it's explicitly yeah. a secret, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Beach communicates over HTTP. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> and it's broadcast. It's, 
you know, there's, there's no end point. Uh, fives also tend to compartmentalize things. So if you're connected to them in one part of their life, there's a whole other world out there that you don't know about. And that's completely normal for them. And it's, it's weird because sometimes you'll run into that other part because you, you go somewhere and run into somebody from that other group who you've never met. You've been close friends with this person for 10 years. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I get that. It's, um, I do remember again, a uh, five wing four friend of mine. I've been going to church there for a couple of months. I just, I'd like joined the creative group and was just, just starting to get to know people. And she invited me to an art show that she was doing like presenting at. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I'd love to go. Um, so like I, I rode there with, uh, with some other people from the church and stuff. Great way to get to know people, ride with them. And I just remember her telling me, trying to describe like the, the art world scene, what it was going to be like and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know we're church friends, but I, I know that world too. <laughs> I know yeah. people that do that. I might run into someone I know there. You never know. <laughs> but it was like in her mindset, she was like, all right, church people know about church things. That's it. So they're going to see a different world. Hey, heads up. This is a different world. <laughs> you know, and it was it was that kind of compartmentalization. No, remember, they find social interactions tiring and awkward. And by default, they're going to try to limit how often they interact with people. But above all, in a friendship, a five wants to be able to trust the other person. Like They aren't interested in giving out a lot of details for the sake of giving out details. Uh, and they quickly figure out if they can trust someone. Yeah. And once they do, if the person didn't pass muster, there, there isn't another chance, generally speaking, because they know what they know. Let's talk quickly about relationships with fives. Fives are probably the most misunderstood group in relationships out there due to how difficult they find social interactions and expressions of emotion. If you get either of these things out of them, it's because you matter to them, even if they aren't doing it to the degree or in the way that you think is correct. Yeah. Remember, they they observe people to figure out how to express their emotions. Um, and they don't want they to would, overdo it because they've seen that. Yeah. They, they want like, they are very heady and they, they would prefer to just be in the mental space and not deal with emotions. You know, fives may enjoy some social interactions with certain people. They are going to require some solitude to recharge. Um, like, I I know like we have like a creative night once a month and you know, all the stuff going on at church and, and my, my friend who's the five wing four, like I know she has to recharge, you know, we have invited like Amanda and I have invited her and uh, some other people out uh, after church for lunch. And it was like, no, I, I need to recharge because she was doing something that night, you know? And it was like, uh, but I will say you can tell that she's friends with us because she told us that much information. Yeah. Not just no. Yeah. Close the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. And I, I've seen this with well, basically all the fives that I know. So uh, the thing about it is this may perplex or confuse 
anyone they're in a relationship with because they'll want to leave social gatherings early. Like once they've just sort of run out of steam. Yeah. And the people they're with are like, are you mad? Is something wrong? Are you sick? And it's, it's like, no, I, like I'm just, there's no, yeah. there's no gas in the tank. They don't want to be involved in drama. Yeah. And a lot of people see drama as a relationship goal. <laughs> they seem like they have to have it or there's no relationship. Yeah, um, that's weird. Those people are pretty toxic for fives. Uh, those are people who are, are pretty toxic for everyone, but the five well, is not just TV completely... producers. <laughs> they make all the shows my wife watches. <laughs> um, for fives, independence isn't just a preference. It's a requirement, you know? And so they need to be with someone who is going to understand their need to be independent. Uh, now, on the plus side, they aren't emotionally needy, which can be annoying or well, what needy is annoying or not needy is annoying. Needy is annoying. Okay. <laughs> I had to clarify there. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that, that desire to be able to take care of their own stuff is kind of important to them. Fives are reserved. They play their cards close to their chest and they're skilled at diving deeply into complex topics. They're, they're far from emotionless. Fives simply are not led around by their emotions, preferring to let logic guide them. Because of their ability to focus on complex topics, they have a bias towards avoiding extraneous detail in conversations that distracts from the main point. Further, they find social interactions tiring and will need to get away from them to recharge. If you're a five, remember that you exist in an ecosystem of other people and that you need to manage their perceptions of you. You also need to remember that most other people are more emotional than rational, so you'll have to listen well enough to perceive the emotions of others, even if you don't feel those emotions yourself. You may need to use external tools to make that happen uh, so that other people don't feel neglected by your natural tendencies, and you need to make sure that the people you're close to understand that you have a need for solitude and privacy to be able to function. Above all else, remember that these things are important to ensure a quality life lived on your own terms without being lonely all the time. And that's that pretty much wraps us up. Beej, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? So each of the types we've talked about has some beneficial traits that you can use in your life. Uh, while each of us have our own personalities, we can grow and learn from each other. The investigator or type five can teach us how to step out of a situation and observe it from kind of an outside perspective, even while you're in it. Uh, as you learn about the five, you'll start to see how they're able to extract their own emotions from a stressful situation and objectively respond to the situation instead of reacting emotionally. Just like the five has something to teach the rest of us, the two teaches us uh, to empathize with others. The three, how to be productive. The four, how to be authentic. Uh, and so I'm going to encourage you guys, as we continue through the series, learning about yourself through the Enneagram, don't just look at it as like other types or how to learn from like how to interact with them. Look for what you can learn from that type and what traits that they have that you can use in your own life and like bring that in. Now, guys, check out the aftercast where we're going to have a five on with us talking about what it's like being a five that's pretty much all i got stand by for titanfall if you have a question or comment please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com 
Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash completedeveloperpodcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.